Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. I'm Chris Sasser, and Happy New Year. By the way, if you didn't know, we do have all of our episodes on the Voice of Hope podcast. You can find that on Spotify and Anchor uh, and Apple Podcasts. Anyway, uh, I'm here with Troy, and we're stepping into the new year. So, Troy, Happy New Year happy to new you. Happy New Year to you, Chris. Hey, well, as we step into the new year, I think, Troy, it's really important for us to sort of um, kind of have a good sort of view of ourselves and a view of maybe how God's kind of working in our lives. And I know that part of what you wanted to talk about as we step into this is just sort of thinking through what, what is it, how does God kind of feel about me? So just talk a little bit about kind of where this idea came from and why we wanted to step into this today. Every January, I, you know, people will, will be talking prior to January and just, to, I just remind people if they don't know me that I, this is one of my favorite time of year, favorite times of year. You know, I love Christmas time, but the new year to me has just been always a, uh, just a great time to, to pull back, to evaluate the, the last year, to look forward to the new year, um, to write goals, to measure them throughout the year. Um, the question that I wanted to kind of just throw out there today for everyone listening is, you know, when we go to set, uh, you know, a future, you know, and strive for places in life that we want to go, uh, things that we want to do and accomplish, um, just this question of how does God feel about me and what's the relevance of there? And I think it's everything because it draws me into this relationship that can't just be all up in my head. Uh, I know that we can, you know, get our heads more around the idea of what does God think about us because we have right in front of us so much to read. But to really beg this better question is how does God feel about us? Um, I've got to be able to get inside of this relationship and kind of ask that question. You know, God, what do you feel about me? Sometimes when I do that, I'm like, I feel like he might be angry at me, you know, or I feel like he might be despondent or, you know, he may not care. And a lot of, most of those t- the time, and if not all of the times, if that's what I'm thinking, it's probably inaccurate mm. because God while even he may be upset or whatever it is that he feels, he can't be void from feeling love. I don't know. Sometimes we're like, especially as a counselor, you know, we talk about feelings a lot, but we, you know, I'm one also, if you know me personally, I'm also don't believe that we should live our life from a place of just feelings. Um, I think feelings though, at the same time are so, so, so important. If I tell my wife, Hey, well, of course, you know that I love you. And I don't feel that love, literally, she will pick up on that. So the feelings, I think, really are important. And I know God feels for his kids and wants us to know what he feels for us. The word that came to mind as you were kind of listing off some some ways that God could feel about you was uh, the word disappointment. I wonder if a lot of people kind of think that God looks at them and feels disappointed. So the, the question really is, all of that stuff, when when that is our view of how God sees us, thinks about us, or feels about us, how does that impact 
kind of how, how we think and how we live each and every day. You know, I think it, it'll probably have several responses, but two things come to my mind. One is like, if I feel God, somebody's in, disappointed in, in me, angry, frustrated, whatever, I just, I stay away from them. So if God feels disappointed in me and, or if I think he feels disappointed in me, I'll stay away from him. And so that would look like in the context of relationships, very obvious because you have two people and there's distance. Well, God is everywhere. God's he's always around us. But if I'm treating him in a way that I think he's disappointed in me and I just therefore stay away from him, it's not what he wants. And the cool thing is, is he's right there. And yeah. so we can return. And the other thought that comes to mind is like, you know, if I think God is mad at me or disappointed in me, I might just really begin to get on this performance kick that I'm going to just really set out to live my life and be as perfect as I can. Because somehow in doing so, either through my perceived false thoughts that I can get there and do that because I can't be perfect, or just in the fact that I'm trying really hard, maybe I have a, 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 a do more good than evil. That's a false thinking as well. And so it's not accurate. I can't, I can't win God's favor based upon especially the feeling that he's disappointed in me. So I've got to perform. Mm, that's really good. So, so, so you mentioned that, that kind of we may create that distance between us and God, and that's not what he wants. What does he want for us? He wants us to know him. He wants, us, he wants, he wants to, us to know him and how he feels about us. Mm. And that is done inside of a relationship. I'll give you a little story. And so I'm not ashamed to say, uh, you know, I've never heard God audibly. I can't wait to that day. That's, That's going to be, be pretty so, cool. It's going it? to be so neat. But I know that I have heard from the Lord at times. And one of those times I was on my knees uh, in my office and I was praying and I heard the quiet voice. I love you. But I just thought that was just my voice. You know, I just thought I was thinking it, and that's the Bible does talk about testing spirit. So when I got up from there, I felt him really strongly convict me to say, you're just going to ignore that. And I got back down on my knees. And he wanted in those moments for me to hear his voice to say, I love you. And so God feels for us, and he wants to, to communicate with us, and he wants us to know what he thinks about us. Okay, so so let's kind of take the other side of my question because my question was like, how does it impact us when we see God, sort of, um, or we we th- we we think God is disappointed or angry in us? Um, the flip side of that, how does it impact our feelings? You know, when 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 we understand, which we'll get to in a minute, sort of some of the truths about what God sees in us. Like, how does that change us? When he when we in the how he feels toward yeah, us, yeah. How does it change us when we understand? how he feels towards us. Oh, okay. I think, uh, you know, it, because it's done inside the context of a relationship and it's building and growing and his love is shown to me and displayed to me, I'm going to connect more with how he feels toward me. It's going to be in somewhat in correlation with, between how do I feel about him, mm. you know? And so if, if this relationship starts at this place of truth, and we can begin to get an idea of what God does think and feel toward me. If that relationship grows, my, my feelings toward God is going to grow as well. And so it becomes an interchange and exchange of, 
of relationship, just like it does in the human form, but, but even greater. This is one of the reasons why I think prayer is so, so important. Another one is I think praise and worship is so, so, so important. I know a lot of times we can be out of our heads and just into the emotions of worship, but I do believe there are those times when we connect the two together and we truly worship God in spirit, as the scripture talks about, and in truth. I think there's a connection being made, and I begin to understand how he feels toward me, and I feel towards him. Mm -hmm. And the relationship just grows and grows and grows in a really good way. Okay, so let's take a few minutes to talk a little bit about what are some of the things that God does feel for us. There are many, 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 many. So I was going to ask you also maybe to add to some of these, but um, I believe God feels passion for us, um, compassion. I believe that he feels merciful to us. Um, I believe he would feel as a good father feels toward us. Um, I believe he, you know, while love is not necessarily a feeling, I don't know how you can love and not have feelings. And so I think in saying that, God loves. He totally feels that love beyond what we can ever even imagine. Why would he have even killed his son for that, for us? So there is a deep, deep feeling beyond what we can understand that that God has toward us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think through, you know, when when God is talking about his son Jesus and he says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wonder if, you know, if I could sort of co-opt that, I mean, if I am, you know, a co-heir with Jesus and I am kind of in that relationship with God through Jesus, um, is that kind of a mindset that I could develop of, Hey, you know, here is my son also with who I am well pleased because of that relationship. Right. Right. Um, not that I'm always do things that are pleasing to God. I totally get that, but just sort of developing that mindset could, could probably change. Cause I think about my son, I think about, I want my son and my daughter to feel like, I, as their dad, am pleased with them. And, yeah. and, and how might that motivate them and how might that give them confidence and how might that kind of encourage them along the way? Well, I, I want to feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so, that's so good because even just when you describe that as an earthly father and, and that's your desire for your kid and you're an earthly father. How much better? I mean, all the more. Like, yeah. Even as we're talking here, it's like God wants me to know how he feels toward me. And if there truly is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, it's just further proof that my performance and the things that I do and don't do doesn't change how he feels about me. Yeah. He, he still feels and loves me fully. That's right. Even at the point of being disappointed, it's not something as we would see in an earthly disappointment way. You know, it's more going to be along the lines of the fact that he wants so much more and has so much more that his disappointment comes because he wants something for us. Mm, that's so good. Just as it would be in a father-child relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a real quick break, and we come back. Troy's got some real specific things that I think you know maybe we can internalize God sort of saying to us about how he feels about us. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement 
in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell. I'm Chris Sasser. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. And we are having a conversation really around what it is that God feels about us because our perspective on that is really, really important as we step into our life each and every day. And so, Troy, I know you've got kind of four specific things that we want to kind of talk about as we close today of, of how God sort of looks at us. So good, looking at the new year in front of us and just knowing that what if there's a correlation between uh, just the future that's in front of us and the goodness that come that can come from this year uh, with this idea and getting in touch with how does God feel about me as a person? And it's not just for the year that's in front of us, but just a really good take on am I in touch with what God feels about me even as much as I know what he says or thinks about me. So these four things come to my mind. The first one is this, is that God, you know, he would say to us, I made you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I love the idea there that's like, where were we created? Mm. We were created not just in the literal sense of our arrival, but we were created in the mind of God before we were ever put together. And so that that must mean that we are valuable to God. Just that he would have this idea I'm going to make Chris, I'm going to make Troy, and then put us in the place of the womb. It's like God's love for us, we must mean that much. And I don't think it's that we have a God that's just making people left and right with no attachment. He's actually making us in his mind before he puts us in the womb here. And so the first thing is, hey, you have been made by God. He would say to you, I made you. That's how important. He would also say the second one, I chose you. He says in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit. What's it like to be chosen? You know, many times in life we have hurts where we were not chosen. You know, perhaps we were chosen at the good things, but maybe there are things in life where, you know, we felt like we were the last ones or we were just left out. And to know that God specifically chooses to love and he, he chooses to, to feel towards us and he wants us to know that. So this feeling that God has that we are chosen by him. The third is I, just that he would, I go to find us. I go to find you. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that there are angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven 
when I read this, it stood out to me, and I don't know that I have a, a real theological explanation for this, but it's like, okay, so here God is. When one of us are lost and the angels are, are, are there, they see, they are able to look at God's face and know that there's one lost. And, and just to imagine the angels looking at God and like, hey, and God knows too, but they're, they're there, a host of angels experiencing what God would feel when one of his kids are lost. And to me, that's like, wow, I've always heard that children have angels around them. Mm. But like when I look at this verse, I'm going, God is such a good protector. God is such a good lover. God feels so much for me that he would even have his army ready at his command to go and find me. I must be that important to God, not in a narcissistic way, but in a really true way that God loves me like that. In kind of a relational way. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so, and, you know, what do you think? So if a man owns a hundred sheep, he asks, and one one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? (laughs) You know, I'm not a shepherd, but I know that I have sometimes a lot of things in life that might be vile to me. Sometimes I humanly would just maybe let one go. I would just not go after. Don't need that one. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. That one matters that much to God. So when I look at this, when I read this, and even as I know that listeners are here today listening to this, it's like, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, God cares about where you are. And if you have been in your mind lost, if you think you're too far gone, The scriptures are clear. Maybe people don't send this message to you, but God wants you to have this message that he would leave the 99 and he would go after the one that's lost. And wow, like to the church, the larger church, the the community church, the churches, the place that we go, do, do, do we matter that you would go after one? And that is so, so important to know that God would come running after you like that. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth. He is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Emphasizing once again that God goes to find us when we are in lost places of life. He chooses us. He made us. And the last one is he has a purpose for us. I have a purpose for you, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what do we do? Look at verse seven here. It says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You know, just to the question of purpose in life, you know, I think a lot of people, and maybe most people struggle at some point in their life of just wondering, do I really matter here? And Rick Warren, a pastor and author, had the question, you know, what on earth am I here for? You know, and I look at again, and I've said this, and I, I just live with this, this idea that I, I, my life must matter because it's only here 
or a short period of time in the big picture of things in eternity. So to me, the very proof that every life has value and purpose is that it's short-lived. So what in the world was it for? Why, why 70 years? Why 20? Why 10? Why 50? It must have some kind of purpose. I'm not here to just take up space. And I know we can get feeling like that at times, but to just really know that, no, this personal relationship that you can have with God, when we engage it, and we'll talk about just the two simple ways from this and how to do that. When we engage this, there is a place and purpose that God has for you. Don't give up on that. Seek it. So before we get to the two things and we close up on that, how do you see an understanding of purpose impacting people? In other words, you know, if, if someone can embrace, yes, I do have a purpose for whatever years that I'm here on this earth. If they can embrace that, like what does that do for someone? I think because of the embracing it, when it actually begins to happen, I think we were wired with this, this, this from God's creativity we were created in his image. God himself created. God himself just didn't sit there. He, he, he just, his whole being was to create. He couldn't help himself. You know, so, so we too, in that we were made in his image, we have a purpose. And so when a man or a woman finds them themselves in the activity of God's purpose for their life, it brings meaning. And it's not that our meaning is wrapped up in what we do, it's that our meaning is wrapped up in who we were made to be that shows itself up in things that we do. And I think through when Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it you know, to the full, have abundant life, like that, that feels like that's when we're really living in that is when we understand the purpose that he has for us. Yeah. And, and we can kind of live in that and there's a joy and there's a freedom and there's a, it's not all perfect, it's not always great, but, but there's something different yeah. of sort of understanding that God has a purpose for us and living from that spot. And it's so cool that, the, the, you know, it's not that I know the plan. I know the plans. So this isn't just that one thing that we're going to do mm, in life. Yeah. You know, it, there's some things that are the obvious. If you're a married person, God has made a plan for you to be a good husband or good wife. If you're a father or a mother, or a child, or a son, or a daughter, or a granddaughter, or a grandson. There is a place in which God has, that's one of his plans. Mm -hmm. So that's just one thing. Then you may have your job and other things that you do. That's just one thing. Maybe it's to be a friend. Maybe it's to be a son to, to God, a child of God. Maybe that's part of, and it is part of his plan. But maybe there's a place in which being that itself is part of God's creative design for your connection to just be that child. Mm -hmm. It isn't going to be wrapped up in things that you do only. It's that his plans are broader than that. Okay. So as we finish up, let's talk about the two things that people can do if they really want to sort of step into understanding all of this. Just the two things that are right in this verse in verse seven of Jeremiah 29, um, 11 is uh, actually, yeah, verse seven, I think it falls into there is that he wants uh, us to, to kind of discover this um, through the first thing is to, to call upon him, to pray. Uh, prayer is not just a formal way in which you need to utter up words. Um, I think it's really more than that. It's going to this place where you 
you begin to align your emotions in your prayer with your words in your prayer. And sometimes those two in the exercise of doing that, um, I believe and have experienced it changes, it changes your prayer life. Um, when I go to the, to the Lord and just say, you know, God, I pray that you would just be in this day. I know the Lord hears that, but I want to have the emotion in that, God, please be in this day. Show me, teach me. The second part is seek him with all your heart. Throw your heart into your prayers and your emotions. Throw those things seeking God with all your heart. And it's, I mean, there's an if here. I will listen to you if you will seek me and um, with all of your heart. It's like, you know, sometimes the Lord is like waiting. Why? Because he wants, he, he's so interested in relationship. And I'll give you a little story here in a minute um, that he wants us to stay at it. For a time in my life, for nine months, I remember uh, when I began doing something outside of church life and church ministry, I didn't know if it was going to work. And I was very desperate in the sense of, God, this is either going to fly or sink or swim. <laughs> you know. And I stayed for nine months on my knees, and longer, but it was about the nine-month mark where on my knees, and I again felt like I heard the word of the Lord say, this was what I was after. And it wasn't that God just wanted me to be praying for nine months. He began to just change me in such a way that I enjoyed that time and enjoyed his presence. That's what he was after. Mm, that's great. And I think that's the picture of prayer, but also seeking him with all of your heart. Yeah, that's great. Well, hopefully today you have been able to be encouraged about how it is that God looks at you if you want to kind of get more information about the ministry of Voice of Hope. And if you want to support the ministry, you can go to mi1.net. That's kind of asking the question, am I a voice? So mi1.net, we would love to kind of connect with you there. And again, you can go back and listen to all of our podcasts on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. We are just so thankful that you would step into the new year with us here on A Voice of Hope. <laughs>